Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. Um, I, it's kind of funny. I was trying to figure out what I, you know, there, I don't think there's really, there's really never anything I feel like adequate that I can come up here and tell you guys because sometimes I feel like we're just in the same hole. Like I'm a college kid, you're a college kid, and it's like, what? What do I have? What do I possess that I can give them that might ultimately change their direction of their life? And so, I honestly, this might not be the, uh, I don't really know what you're looking for from me, but uh, tonight I just want to talk about, I want to talk about something that's really near and dear to my heart. I want to talk about something that God's been working on my heart a lot on. So, I feel like that's the direction we're supposed to go, um, not in the direction of where Chase wants us to go, but where God's been working on my heart. So, if you've got a Bible, uh, Will you open up to Psalms chapter 71? Psalms chapter 71, we're going to start in verse 14. Um, as we go there, if you don't have a Bible, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Uh, there's an app you can download on your phone that, uh, that you can have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get one for you. Um, but if you don't have one right now, don't worry about it. It's going to be up here on the screen. We got you covered. If you are in here and you're not a Christian, you haven't been in church in a long time, um, you're going to figure out real quick that there's a lot of people in here that love Jesus so much that we know how our Jesus was, is that he hung out with people that weren't in churches, the people that were lame, the people that were sick, the people who need to hear the gospel. So no matter where you come from, don't feel like you have to go get right before you come into the presence of God. Our God is so great. Our God is so powerful and so wonderful that he sent his son Jesus down to this earth to save us from our sins exactly where we are. So we don't have to worry about trying to polish ourselves up, coming in here as a fake us, we can come in here just as we are and know that the God of the universe died for us. So we're glad that you're here. Um, Psalms chapter 71, and we're going to be starting in verse 14. I want to give you a little bit of context uh, before we really get into this. And I might be uh, I might be tripping, but I think this thing's leaning a little bit. Um, but it's all good. Um, so a little context. Again, if, you, if you're in here and you haven't been to church in a long time, you might be sitting there like, hey, why does this guy keep saying... Psalms, it's, it's, it's got a P in front of there. Why aren't you pronouncing the P? Uh, you haven't been to church in a while. It's like, yeah, well, us Christians, we're a little bit crazy. We're a little bit crazy. Sometimes we don't make sense. But it's okay because you're weird too, so you're accepted here. So that might be where you're kind of sitting right now. But a little bit of context of what's going on is that it's kind of funny. When, when you're reading the Psalms, sometimes it tells you who's writing. And sometimes these Psalms are... They're kind of like poems, and sometimes, like I said, it tells you the author. Sometimes it doesn't tell you the author. This time it really doesn't tell us. But we know that this, uh, this psalmist, he's, he's, he's really just crying out to God. And he's just laying it out. He's saying, God, like, I need you in my life. I need your presence. I need you. I need only you. And in verse 3, he says, he says, Be my rock of refuge to which I, always, uh, which I can always go. That's saying, like, God, like, please be that one constant in my life, no matter how many times I mess up, no matter where I am in life, that no matter where I am, I can always come to you because you're my rock. Let's get down to verse 7. Like I said, this is just kind of context to understand where this guy's coming from. He says, I have, begun a sign to, I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. He's saying that, like, there's a lot of people that seem to be around me that I can influence, but I don't want them to see me. I want them to see you because you are the only constant in my life. It's kind of funny. Once you get down to about verse 13, you know, whenever you're, like, in English class and they're like, hey, once you start to, like, change topic 
or once you kind of start to change the mood, you probably need to start a new paragraph. That's about all that I picked up from English. Like, that's the extent of it. I just know once you kind of start talking about something else, like, just click the enter button and then just keep writing again. Like, that's why my paragraphs stink. Like, I, that's why I stink at writing. But I know that one thing, and this is, it's kind of funny because this is what this guy does, is that he all of a sudden, he kind of just changes the mood from he's saying, like, God, I need you. I recognize you as that you're my refuge. And then kind of through, like, verses 9 through 13, he's literally crying out to God saying, like, God, there's enemies in my life that wish me to be dead. There's struggles in my life. And we pick up in verse 14. It says, as for me, I will always have hope. Is there any Christians in here that that's their rally cry? That's what they say each and every day that, man, as for me, I'm always going to have hope. I know for me, if we're being honest and we're being transparent, there's some days that I wake up and that's not really my rally cry. It's, man, I'm looking, I'm looking my circumstance right in the face and for some reason I'm fearful he says as for me I will always have hope I will praise you more and more man that's powerful think about anything that you went through whether it be good or whether it be bad he says that I will praise you more and more my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds and of your saving acts all day long Though I know not how to relate them all. What he's saying here is he's saying, God, I know all the great things that you've done in my life that I can see that's very apparent. Then he even says something that I can relate to. He says that of your saving, uh, he says, though I know not how they all relate. Now, I don't know about you. If you've ever been in the middle of God's plan for your life and you're kind of like trying to figure out what God's doing. You're just a little bit of confused. It's like, God, I see you working in this area and God, I see you working in this area, but I don't understand how they connect. Somebody in the Bible that also sees it as you do. And he says, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteous deeds, yours alone. He's saying, I don't want any of the credit. I don't want any of the honor. I don't want any of the glory, none of the praise. Yours alone. Since my youth, God, you taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation. Your mighty acts to all who are to come. Y'all pray with me real quick. God, thank you so much for tonight. Um, God, I, I think that, uh, God, there's nights like tonight, God, that we know that it's, God, it's okay to cry. God, it's okay to smile. God, it's okay to laugh. God, it's okay to show our emotions, God. God, I just pray that, God, there's some of us that, uh, that our time at Pursuit, our time at Troy, God, it's time for us to move on. God, I pray that you'll guide us in the right direction. Uh, God, no matter how tough this might be for some of us, God, I just pray that you'll, uh, you'll guide us, you'll lead us. God, because we know that your ways are higher than our ways. God, your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God, so we don't want our plan. Our plan was thrown away a long time ago. When we became a Christian, we tossed up our plan and threw it out the door. God, so we want your plan. God, put us where you need us. God, if there's people in here, God, tonight, God, like there are that are going to be here for years to come, God, I pray that they, God, they hear a message like this, God, and they understand that, God, this... This call to be a Christian, this call to live out your gospel. God, I hope they can even look at some people that, God, that are moving on that are so sad, God, that are, that are really feeling it right now. God, I hope that we can look at, we can learn something. God, that, you know, where we are, God, where our feet are, that's where we want to be. God, so uh, no matter where we sit, God, no matter what final comes tomorrow, what final comes on Monday or Tuesday, 
God, uh, GPA doesn't get us into heaven. Amen. Um, but God, we thank you. We love you. Your name. Amen. Um, so I want to call tonight's, uh, I guess, sermon uh, kind of talk. I want to call it uh, Answers May Vary. Answers May Vary. Um, have you ever been like, and I don't know about you, but have you ever been filling out a test and the directions are pick the most correct answer? All right, if you're in the Sorrell College of Business, your hand is up right now. If not, you're lying. Um, but there's lots of times there's, there's these questions that uh, sometimes the, the, the answer is not as, as clear-cut as we wish that it should be. Um, sometimes we tend to vary a little bit. Like, my answer doesn't quite look like someone else's answer. Like, let's just take a poll right here. Can we, can we take a poll like, of a couple of questions real quick? Um, just help me out. Um, so... Who in here, um, Jeb, I thought you already threw it off your hand. I was like, I didn't even ask the question yet. Now, he, he's that guy in class that the teacher calls on. He's like, no, man, I'm just scratching. Already happening. Here's the question. So who in here of the debate, creamy or crunchy peanut butter, who in here is saved and under the blood of Jesus and loves creamy peanut butter? I think somebody's about to throw hands. I'm hearing some booze. All right, all right, thank you. All right, there, that's one. All right. See, these answers are kind of going to vary. I don't, like, there is a very clear-cut and right answer, and it usually tends to be whatever my answer is. Um, what about this? Um, this is kind of a big one, especially uh, us being in college. Whenever you kind of move in, you've got a new, uh, got a new roommate. Um, who in here, oh, man, I, this, this is something that I feel like I'd be willing to like, go to debate stand with. Over the toilet paper roll or under? Over. Mm, man, I, dude, we've really been ministering the gospel so well in this ministry. I'm proud of us. Thank you. All right, so, so I, I don't really understand. That's one that, like, if I go to your house and it's, like, under the roll, like, I'm going to switch it just to, like, help you out a little bit. Just so you can taste how good our God is. Like, just let me, let me switch that thing around. Um, this is the last one that I've got. And this, one, this one's really up for debate, and I think things are going to get a little feisty in here, and people are going to start throwing hands. Um, this is something that I did not know. Um, how many times can you use the bath towel before you're supposed to wash it? Throw me out some answers real quick. I, I'm feeling, I'm hearing a reoccurring theme real quick that like, that's what, the thing is, is that all, all the ladies in the room like are like, like one, two, and then like guys are like, dude, I've been using the same towel since I got destroyed. Like, what's up with this? Like, I had no idea that you were supposed to change this thing out. So I'm talking about low. Just throw it all down to the cross. See, the, the, my point here is, and, and again, I think that, uh, you know, and I was, uh, I was once exposed to the truth where I was using a bath towel, and I really can't tell you how long it was. But uh, somebody was like, man, you're supposed to, like, wash that. Like, I, I ran to one of my roommates, and they're like, yeah, I'm washing bath towels. And I'm like, dude, I, I never do that. Like, <laughs> how often have you been doing this that I've lived with you? Like, how do you have so much clothes to wash? He's like, it's just bath towels. And I was like, wait, so you're telling me that you've used so many bath towels that you require like a specific washing load just for your bath towels? And I'm like, dude, I already hate it enough, man. But then like once you start like using a new towel every once in a while, you're like, man, I, I kind of like this. Like this feels kind of good. Like I'm one of those people that like, man, like no more than three tops and it's going in the like laundry hat like hemp. It's, it's awesome. Like, but, but my point here is, is that it, even though some of our answers may kind of vary on some of these really simple kind of funny questions, one thing that I kind of want to like focus on just, just for a little bit and, and not really to, I'm going to try to put this as clear and, and, and concise as possible, but like the thing is, is that us as Christians, 
We know that the Word of God is not going to change. We know that it's 100% true, that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. So we know that that's an answer that does not vary. That's something that's very constant in our life. Just as the psalmist has said, he's saying, like, I can always go to my God. He will be my rock. He will be my refuge. So no matter what struggle might take place, our rock, our, our one solid in our life is that we have Jesus in our hearts. See, like that answer does not, that answer does not vary, even though we kind of threw around a couple that have some varying answers. That's one that doesn't really change. But and this isn't the whole direction I want to go with this, but sometimes we read the Bible and, and, it, and it's crazy. We know that if God, God breathed this Bible into existence and we can read it, we know that it's 100% true, but it's crazy. Some of us, as we as we go through life and we get influenced by even culture and as we kind of go through meeting people that don't agree with everything that we think, all of a sudden, this Bible that's 100% true, there's like, man, well, there's this one thing in the Bible that like, I don't really think, I, you know, like, that dude kind of messed, he might have messed that one part up. So it's like, we're saying that the God that breathed this Bible 100% true, sharper than a double-edged sword, there's no... There's no inconsistencies. It's 100% true, but we got one thing wrong. So, so we're saying that the God of the Bible, that he, got, he could have either got it 100% right, or maybe he got it 99% right, 99.9999% right, but the one issue that I've got with it, maybe, maybe it was wrong. The God of the Bible who wrote this whole entire thing, you're telling me that he wrote it 100% to be true, but the one issue that you don't line up with, we want to perfect point at our perfect God and say, you messed that up. Us in our lives, we know that the Bible is something we can go to that is 100% true. We know that it has no flaws, and we know that the same God, how awesome, listen to this, listen how awesome this is. This is the God who, who wrote this Bible, and it's 100% true, it has no flaws in it can take your flaw, flaw, like full of flaws self, all the mess-ups, all the struggles, and you can wash it white as new. That's the God that we serve. It's the one who wrote the Bible that it's 100% true, no flaws in it, can take you exactly where you are and wash you white as snow. This is what we see is that this is something that's not going to change. And the cool thing about this is that we can go around and, we, and when, we share our when, we, when we share the gospel, we know that we can go back to the Bible and it's going to be true. There's certain things when this guy is, when this, this, this psalmist and he's talking, I, I love whenever he's talking about, as for me, I will always have hope. And then he talks about, I'll always praise him more and more. And then he says, my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds and of your saving acts all the day long. You know what that tells me? So now that we've established that there's one thing in our life that the answers are not going to vary is that we can always go back to our Bible and it's going to be 100% true. But I think the point that this psalmist is trying to say, what he's saying right here is that where the answers might vary is when you start to tell people what God has done in your life. So we can come in here and we can open up Scripture. And this is truth. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's going to reach you where you are. It's going to touch the parts of you that you are still sensitive, where you are still wounded, the parts of you that still hurt because we don't like to talk about it. It's going to reach you and it's going to spit out truth. But what he's talking about, he's saying, he says, my mouth will tell of your righteous deeds and of your saving acts all the day long. When I read this, I see that, man, that, that if we are saved by the blood of Jesus, what we see, man, is that we have a story. 
And it's not, we can tell people what's in the Bible, but we can also tell people what God has done for us. This is what he's saying. He's saying, as I go around and I tell people of the righteous deeds that he has done in my life, he says, I can't wait to tell people that. I love whenever we read this scripture and we see someone that's he's laying down all his struggles, all his fears. And he's really getting extremely vulnerable and he's laying it all out on the table. And this is what he does is he says, no matter the circumstance, he says, look, like I will always have hope. I will always have hope because you know what? Our hope clings to something that's unchanging. It's not our circumstance which is changing each and every day. We cling on to a God that's never changing that wrote a Bible that's 100% true. That didn't make a mistake when He was creating you. No matter what someone's told you, He hasn't made a mistake in your life. So no matter what struggle has come your way, how awesome would it be? How crazy would it be if the God in the Bible who made it 100% true with no flaws in it, He could take you exactly where you are no matter what the sin, no matter what the struggle. And then when you tell your story, you could be someone else's saving grace. That's where I want to go tonight is that we can pick up the Bible and as we talk as believers, but sometimes I think we just need to tell our story. Sometimes we need to actually go into the depths of our hearts, even when it still hurts to talk about things that are still sensitive, that are still wounded, that still have some parts to us that are still a little touchy. He's saying that, man, I can't wait to tell of the righteous deeds, all the good things that God has done in my life. This is what we see in verse, uh, Graham, will you throw up verse 15 real quick? In verse 15, like I said, it talks about these righteous deeds. But then he talks about, he says, even when I don't understand or know how all these things make sense, how all these things correlate. Like I said, I can really relate to that. I can really be like, hey, look, I've seen God kind of work in this area of my life. And then I've seen God work over here, but they don't make sense. I don't understand why God's taking me in this direction. I don't understand why my parents got divorced. I don't understand why my roommates backed out on me. I don't understand why this teacher just seems to hate me. But for some reason, God put me here at Troy University. That might be your story tonight. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, I love these righteous deeds that I can tell everyone that you've done. And it says that, I think this, like I said, I think this scripture is just screaming for us as Christians. Man, to just scream our story. It's that we've, if God has saved us, go and tell somebody about what he saved you from. It's that it's crazy whenever we start to see, and that, like, you guys got to hear Mitchell preach a, preach a couple of different... Uh, Got to preach last Wednesday, and I'm going to be honest, he has poured more into me than ever, but it's like, dude, he started talking about like how we appreciate the cure so much when we understand the illness. It's that sometimes we can, we can go up and we can share truth with people, and it's sharper than that double-edged sword, but I think sometimes we just need to say, you know what, I was really, really, really sick, I used to really, really, really struggle, but then I got this taste, I got this medicine, I got this cure for my sin problem, and I'm no longer the same as that what you used to struggle with, what you're struggling with right now, God has overcame in my life. You could be someone saving grace. This is what he's saying, is he's saying, man, these righteous deeds, I can't wait to tell us so we know that the Bible is going to be consistent, that it's not going to change, that it's 100% true. But where our answers are going to vary are, well, what has God done in your life? So the cool part about this is that each and every person in this room has a different story. Each and every person in this room is going to have a different answer to this question of what has God done in your life? What did you used to struggle? What, what sin, what struggle was in your life? that God has saved you from. This is what we see, man, when he's talking about these righteous deeds. 
I think, though, man, the sad part about all this, the sad part about this is that some of us in this room have been saved by the blood of Jesus and have walked through some of the darkest valleys, walked through some of the toughest circumstances, some of the toughest situations, but we're scared to get vulnerable. We're scared to actually tell people those stories. How crazy would it be Like I said, if this God that we serve, this God that's all-knowing, that He could use our biggest mistake, our biggest struggle, this thing that we might still be trying to see victory in, that He could use that in ways that we couldn't even imagine. Think about this just for a second. If we talk about our stories, think about where you've come from. That might be what someone needs to hear. So this problem that we have of, let's get vulnerable, I think this is one of the biggest problems that we have in the church right now, is that people don't want to get vulnerable. I'm going to be honest with you, like it gets, it's tough to come up here on the stage and talk about stuff that's really weighty on my heart, stuff that God's still working in me in my life. Like It's really hard to get vulnerable. If you've, if you've ever tried sharing your testimony, it's really tough to get vulnerable. That's kind of what I want to talk about tonight. As we talk about, this guy says he wants to tell about the righteous deeds God has done for him. I think this should apply to us as Christians too. Well, why don't we do it? It's because we're afraid to get vulnerable. This is, this is like I said, this is the problem that we have. This is the, the thing that I really feel like if us as a, as a ministry, us as a church, the body of believers, if we would just be willing to get vulnerable, if we would be willing to be available to anything that God threw our way, God, I just want you to use me, then I'm willing to be vulnerable. Is that it might not be, I know exactly where I'm going, I might not know what the next step is, but I'm going to be available enough. I'm going to be vulnerable enough to tell someone my story. This is what, man, this is what we see. Because like I said, this is such a a problem that we have, man. And like, I think, like, and I'm not just saying like, hey, like, like, hey, like, you don't get vulnerable. You're wrong. I I feel like it's almost warranted because like I said, it's a problem. Like, us is like the church have. The body of believers, like, we have a problem of getting vulnerable, whether you're trying to get vulnerable or you're, like, hindering people from getting vulnerable. This is something that I feel like God's been waiting on my heart. It's because, man, I can't tell you how many people have come in here and told just a little bit of their story, and then all of a sudden they feel like they've been judged to the point that they can't even come back. And I tell them, I said, man, that is straight from the devil. These are people in here that want to hear your story, that want to love on you. And if there's anything else other than that, that's not of God. God doesn't kick you out of your church because you got vulnerable, because you actually were willing to tell someone your story about the struggles and the parts that you came from that are hard to talk about. Because the thing is, is once we start to open up, once we start to tell people our stories, once we start to get vulnerable, you know what? People start to see the real you. This is what us as culture, man, we hide from. We, we want to put something on like Instagram, and that's the person that we want everyone to think. Have you ever like ran across somebody... And, and I'm just, like, again, you, you fit this in your own head. But you, like, see somebody on Instagram, and you're like, hey, this chick or this dude is, like, really cute. Like, I can't wait to run into him, like, when we're walking around campus. And then all of a sudden, like, like you don't even recognize them because they look nothing like they do on, like, Instagram. And then you're like, like, somebody's like, hey, that's so-and-so. And you're like, wait, like, who? Like, hold on, like, let's run this name back. I don't even know what you're doing right now, man. I'm bad just dude, like... This is some take me out to the ballpark type stuff, man. Like, throw me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. I love it. I, 
One thing that I want to be able to do is preach in any circumstance, any church, like, man, like, I feel like sometimes, this is me preaching to Bryce, this is, I, I feel like, though, man, sometimes people are afraid to go and preach at places. It's like, like again, one of, my, one of the things we started off talking about, like, this, like, whole entire semester, might have been last semester, but I feel like one of the problems that we have is that we've got the most segregated places we have are churches. Like, you've got, like, white church and black church. And I really feel like, man, if there's ever a church that, and this isn't, like, insinuated that one's right or the other, it's like, Man, well, if there's a church out there that might not be, like, like reading the Bible as it should be, like, for some reason, we just kind of want to, like, kick them to the side. And they're like, no, nah, like, they do this certain aspect, so I'm not going to go there. It's like, well, man, if, if God has called us to preach the gospel and to speak truth, then that should be whether it's in a church that doesn't line up with everything that we believe, or, like, I, I just, I don't understand why we draw a line even in churches, like, we don't even want to share truth in churches. It's, it's crazy. So even though we might not be the same, like we serve the same God. So side note, all right, yeah, y'all about to preach. I, I probably should have pre- talked to us. Yeah, there we go. Obey God. Yeah, there we are. Um, back to what we were talking about. Um, Graham's coming with the Cracker Jacks. We're going to toss those things out. Um, the, the, like I said, I just want us to be able to share our story. This is, I think that when we start to get vulnerable, we start to tell our stories like I said, people start to see the real you. And this is when people start to meet the, the you that they start, like the, they start meeting the person that you were before you met Jesus. They meet the person that you are right now, that you're saved by the blood of Jesus, but you still have sin in your life, and they get to see all that dirty, icky stuff that's still in your life. This is why we don't want to get vulnerable, because we start to share that, that dark side of us. We start to... We start to want to like pull back from that we don't want to get vulnerable and this is like I said it's it's so so sad because we feel like people are starting to examine how we live our lives like like yes I'm a Christian but I messed up last week and I don't feel like I can come to church because I don't want to get vulnerable because then I'm afraid they're going to judge us and, and that's like I said that's one of the hard, that's one of the worst lies that you can tell yourself is that this writer he's saying that I can't wait to proclaim all the righteous things you have done in my life oh God I cannot wait because the thing is, is that I'm willing to get open, I'm willing to get vulnerable, because it's not a matter of what people think of me. It's that if God has called me to be vulnerable, if I've gone through the valley, then I want to tell someone else who's in the valley so that they don't feel like they have to stay there. We've got so many Christians, even in this room, man, that are in the valley right now that just need to be spoken over just a little bit of encouragement, just a little bit of truth that, you know what, I used to be in the valley, but I'm no longer in the valley because Jesus has taken me out. It's not about us climbing out of the hole because I dug the hole myself. It's that Chase can't get out of the hole because Chase is the one who dug himself the hole. I need someone else to come in there and lift me out, and that's going to be our Savior, Jesus Christ. But it's really helpful when someone else says, you know what? I used to be a whole lot deeper than you were in that hole. But Jesus, man, that's just sharing our stories. For some reason, we just want to come to church, not talk about anything that's going on in our lives, and then just expect for people to have this heart change. It's like, yes, like this Bible, this, we will experience heart change. But man, I think us as Christians, we are just equally called to tell our stories. Because God speaks through His Word, and He also speaks through our stories. This is what we see. This is what He's calling us to do. Is he's calling us to tell about all the righteous deeds He has done in our life. So no matter where you've come from, no matter what's going on in your life, maybe you feel like it's really bad right now, but maybe you're just supposed to be someone else's saving grace. It was really bad, now it's just bad. But you know, there's encouragement for that. This is what also we see is that 
man, when we start seeing, like, again, we talked about, man, like, when people come in here and they start to get vulnerable and they feel like church is the place that they can get vulnerable, they can talk about those things that are on their hearts, man. Like I said, sadly, we start to see people walk away. Man, I feel like this isn't, this isn't how the church is designed. This should be the place where you should feel like you can come in and you can talk about, you, man, you can tell your story. You can be vulnerable. You can talk about that part that you're still struggling with. And you're going to meet a lot of Christians that are here to encourage you. And man, if right now, if you've never received that, maybe you need to be that. This is one thing we have is that we talk about, man, that church never did that for me. It's like, well, you're part of that church. You're part of that ministry then why weren't you ever that? Like, why weren't you, if you identified the problem, why did you never help be a part of the solution? This is the problem we have in the church, man. We have the problem that people don't want to get vulnerable. How are you helping solve that? This is where I want to go with this. They feel like they can't come to church because people are going to judge them. They feel like they can't come to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites. I once heard a pastor say, he said, he said, man, you know, I hear all the time that church is full of hypocrites. And he said, man, the crazy part about it is that we're not even full. Like, we got a seat for you if you want to come. Like, you can come on just as you are. You can be a hypocrite and come on because we're still not full. Like, people out there saying that our churches are full of hypocrites. And it's like, man, well, they got it wrong before they even got to the hypocrites part because we ain't even full yet. <laughs> this, is, man, this is what we see, man. People will go around and say, man, like, they're full of hypocrites. And I think this is us as the churches. We need to say, like, yes. Yes, I'm a hypocrite. Yes, Jesus saved my soul. And for some reason... I do the things that I don't want to do. This is what, man, Paul talks about. He says, for some reason, I do the things that I don't want to do. And the thing, or he says, like, the things that I hate, I now love. And the things that I used to love, I now hate. He says, man, like, for some reason, I do the things that I don't want to do. I think the thing is, is, man, we just need to be vulnerable about that. Of Yes, yes, us as church, us as the believer, yes, we mess up. And that's why you're accepted here. It's not that, hey, you mess up, well, I... <laughs> Hate to break it to you, but no one here ever messes up. Hate to break it to you, but you know it's, you're, not, you're, not a, you're not a Christian right now, and you're still sleeping around a little bit. Well, I used to do that before I got saved, and now I'm saved so I can look down on you. That's not how it's supposed to be, man. Sometimes we get this image in our head that people that don't know Jesus are supposed to act like they know Jesus. If they don't know Jesus, they're not going to act like they know Jesus. Stop judging them. Stop throwing this hate in this critical, man, like... Sometimes you just need to tell them your story and then we get to open up the word and say, look, man, this is where I saw that I was wrong. Right when I was sitting in your seat, right whenever I felt like the world was coming to an end, right whenever I felt like my struggle was overweighing me, this is the verse that I ran across. We need more Christians that do that, not more Christians that turn their head and kind of cut their eyes. Let me give you a challenge, man. I love, this is one of my favorite things, is that I love when somebody comes to church to me and people say, like, man, I cannot believe so-and-so came to church. I'm like, dude, mission accomplished. Like, I, this person that no one else saw coming to church because God is somehow working in their life, they're at church. That should be, that should be something that we shoot for. The church is supposed to be the play where you can come as broken as you are and lay it at the foot of the cross, knowing that you're going to get prayer, encouragement, and the truth. When our God was, man, our, this, is, this is something that I believe is that you can kind of ask yourself this question. If this whole thing really isn't making sense, I promise I'm kind of coming to an end here. And what if, what if our God was good enough? Just, to, just imagine this. Just imagine this, in, this, in, this in, your, in your mind for a second. What if our God was good enough that he could take your worst mistake and can make it to be someone else's saving grace? What if the part of you that messed up so bad in high school 
that you felt like when you got to college, man, you couldn't wait to get away from your hometown because you had messed up. People had seen a side of you that you don't want anybody else to see. Maybe it's here at college. Maybe you've messed up here at college and it's the worst mistake you've ever done. And well, guess what? We got, a, we got like a, like a four-year turnover. It's like, man, there's going to be somebody that comes through here that I promise you that we're all in the same age range that, man, like if you're going through something, I promise you there's someone else in this room that's gone, gone through it or is going through it right now. Are we going to be willing to tell our story? I believe that our God is good enough that He can take our worst mistake. And if we'll be vulnerable enough, and if we'll be available enough, and He can use that to be someone else's saving grace. Lots of times we want to receive a blessing, but nobody wants to be the blessing. Lots of times we want to be blessed. We want to see God work in our lives. But maybe sometimes we just need to share our story, see what we can give other people. That's all we've ever done is care for people. As Christians, we don't run away from vulnerability. We run to it. As Christians, we don't run away from those who are lame. We don't run away from those people who are sick, those people who are who are not Christians, those people who are still struggling. We don't run away from those people. We run to those people. That's what we've seen Jesus do in this whole entire Bible is that, man, the whole time that He was here on this earth, He didn't run away from the people who didn't deserve Him. He ran to them. So us as a church, it doesn't matter what your story is. Maybe you feel like you don't even have much of a story. Man, all He ever did was He ran to those people who needed to hear the Gospel. He said that it wasn't the, the healthy that needed a doctor. He said it was the sick. So, so what if your story was actually just a part of the cure? What if your story was just a little bit of the taste of the goodness that our God offers us, that what you went through wasn't for waste? And this is how good our God is. No matter what the valley, no matter what the sin, no matter what the struggle, our God can use that if you'll just be available enough and be vulnerable enough to tell your story. When you put it like that, it's really simple, but it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And this is, this is kind of where I'm going to... This is kind of what, when we read this, man, we see that, man, this psalmist, at the end of this thing, man, he is literally pleading to God. Remember, you throw up like the last, I think it's the last verse. It talks about him growing old. Yeah. He says, even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God. So I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Man, what he's saying right there is he says, God, if you'll keep me around just one more day, if you'll just give me the breath, if you'll just give me one more day, I'm going to use that so that I can tell of all the good things that you have done in my life. I think right now lots of us are feeling this, as this might be the last pursuit for some of us, including myself. That it's like, man, if I just had one more time, if I just had one more time to go on that university and tell it then, like, hey, we do something on Thursday that's super crazy. There's a bunch of college students that come in here and talk about Jesus. And I know it sounds wild and you've never been to anything like it, but I promise if you'll just take a second, if you'll just take like an hour out of your night, I promise it's worth it. This is what we see, man, is that this psalmist, what he's literally pleading with God is he's saying, God, if you will keep me around, all I want to do is just tell about your goodness. This is what we need to be as Christians. It's not people who just sit on the sideline, who sit back and take in sermon after sermon after sermon and then never tell anyone our stories. If God's going to give us another day, if He's going to give us another breath, who in here just wants to tell someone our stories? If He's going to keep us around until I am gray, God, all I want to do is just tell about how good you are. This guy might have even been a youth pastor because he's like, I want to tell the next generation. He says, man, I want to tell the next people who are upcoming who don't even have it figured out yet, I'm going to tell them 
man, let me tell you, my, let me tell you about what God did in my life. This is where I'm going to kind of land this plane. As pursuit, I believe that we're supposed, and I think that as we've, as we've broken down today, as pursuit, let's tell our story. Let's tell our story, man. What I mean by that is that even though this might be the last sermon that I get to preach here, I can't wait to travel around this country or travel out to Texas and just go tell everyone about this crazy thing that God one time put this little bit of a vision on my head and all of a sudden there were some college kids that also kind of loved Jesus and some people that didn't really love Him and we just kind of came together and then all of a sudden we started out with absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And all of a sudden what God did with that is He blessed it to where we are now. Let's tell our story. Let's not let our college years just be something that we ball up and throw in the trash and never let God use. There's so many times I hear this narrative. Just go off to college, have your fun, do your parties, drink, have sex, do whatever you want to do and get it out of you so that when you get in the real world, it'll already be out of you. What if this crazy part of this thing, this crazy thing that God has orchestrated and put it all together, that He's literally put you in your seat here tonight, this crazy story that He knows from beginning to end, that it has no flaws in it, even when it doesn't make sense to us, as this psalmist says. Even when it doesn't make sense, God worked all the way through it, even when we were in a chapel. And there was no heat and there was no air. Let's go back to that time just for a second. Let me tell you about how good our God is. Is that God gave us so many people that we had to move out of that chapel with no heat and no air. And we had to go find somewhere bigger. What, how crazy would it be if there was a church that was in Troy, Alabama that wasn't really even associated with this group that we started, was so passionate about Jesus that they were allowing us to meet and use their air conditioning and use their sound stuff and use their stage and use their church. How crazy would that be? That's what we're living in. Let's tell our story. Let's not let this thing go to waste. Let's tell our story, man. This is the crazy thing. Is that How crazy if there was a church here that saw that there was a group of young people that loved Jesus so much that they were showing up at 9.30 on a Thursday, that they loved Jesus so much that they, they were like, hey, can you actually even use our gym? Heck yeah, we can use your gym. Now people don't feel like they even got to dress up to come to church. Man, you can come straight out of like working out. You can come here. Let's tell our story, man. I pray, and I, I, like I said, this is going to be me, is that pursuit's not, it's not like Chase. It's not just like one person, man. Pursuit is this group. And as a college ministry, as, as, as we are, man, there's going to be people who have to, have to move on. There's going to be people that have to move on, but the crazy part about this is that, man, and as this story goes, is that we started with nothing. And we messed up a lot of times along the way. We made some wrong decisions. All of a sudden, we got to where we are now. All of a sudden, we got to where we are now, so how crazy would it be for us just to leave it there? Say, so, man, God, I appreciate what you did at Troy University and Chase's life. She did in all these people's lives, but you know what? God, I think you're done working now. I think that the need that was recognized when we started this thing, that there are people that are Thursday at 9.30 that aren't plugged into anything, no church, no ministry. Man, I think that the need is still there, that there are people who still need to hear this gospel, that there are people that still need to hear about how good our God is, still need to hear our stories, hear this story in pursuit of how there was just a couple of college kids who wanted to see their university change, that you were part of this story, if we were willing to share this story, how would people's lives be changed? Because I'm going to be honest with you, the devil's had a lot, he's had way too much territory on college campuses recently.
I think, I think we could all agree on that. That things aren't really getting better, they're actually getting worse. But I believe if this generation, if us as a people, man, if, if anybody has the power to change this world, it's going to be God through His people. It's going to be God through college kids just like you, just like me, that are willing to stand up and step out and say that, God, I don't know all the things that I'm supposed to be doing, but all you hear all your life is just step out. Step out. Live for Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you. My story is, is that was the hardest thing that I ever had to do. That's when I saw friends pass away. That's when I saw friends walk out of my life. But then all of a sudden to see something that was so small, such a small vision, such a small little glimpse of, man, I never saw it getting here. So know how blessed you are. Know that you're a part of this story. That God's not done writing your story. Because I think this is what we see, man, and this is just a reference to another scripture. Is the best part of this story is that it's not done yet. Best part about this story is that just as Jesus says, He says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That means that there are so many people out there that need to hear Jesus, but there are only a couple of people who are willing to take up their cross each and every day and go make an impact. So I pray that when you, when you see people that get to serve here, when you're like, man, I kind of want to get involved, I pray that you don't even see us, you see what God did through us. That's this whole story, God with us, God through us. That's our whole entire story. That's the only thing that we've ever known. That's the only thing we've ever done, is God through us. So I hear the question, it's like, man, is this thing still going on? It's like, well, if you were to say that this thing isn't going to keep going on, that's saying that, that the problem that we saw at first, that there was people who didn't know Jesus still in this university, that the harvest was still plentiful, would that mean that all of a sudden that the harvest is taken care of? No, there's plenty of people, and I think that most of us saw the guy with the sign, the man that had it all wrong. There are people out there that are screaming, I don't know Jesus. Are we willing to get vulnerable enough? Are we willing to be available enough to share our story? Man, y'all can come on back up. That's what I think we need to hear tonight. As we go into summer... And like I said, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a complicated guy. I don't believe that you should come here and leave more complicated than you came, more confused than you came. And I feel like us as believers, when we get to get together and talk about Jesus, I believe that things should make a little bit more sense as we leave. So, I mean, I got closer to God. I didn't get more confused about Him. This is my main point, is that us as believers, we've got to share our stories. We've got to open up the Bible more. We've got friends in our life that we don't even want to tell Jesus about. We've got people that are struggling with the very thing that you've been fighting for a long time. We need Christians that are willing to fight with them, that are willing to fight alongside them. Because the thing is, is that we've got so many people right now that are completely lost, that have no idea where they stand. And we're just sitting back and we're watching it happen. I hope that that just kind of pokes you a little bit in the chest is that there are people in your life right now whether they be family members or be people that you run into on a daily basis that do not know Jesus. And for some reason, we just act like we don't even care. Like our time is more valuable than actually sharing this good news that's going to save their life eternally. Please, let me just beg with you for a second that if God has put something on your life, a dream that has eternal, eternal reward, eternal like, like it changes the whole direction. Why is us as Christians, why would we not take time to tell our stories? Why would we not take time to open up our Bibles and say, this is where I was wrong. This is where God spoke to me. 
Even when I used to struggle with pornography, even when I used to struggle with drugs, even when I used to sleep with my girlfriend, this is what I used to struggle with. But when I met Jesus, my whole entire life changed. Why were we not willing to say that? For some reason, we don't like to get vulnerable. Can I tell you something? Is that this trap of not wanting to get vulnerable is not of God. God will take your worst mistake and you'll be someone else's saving grace. God will take the biggest valley, the deepest valley that you've ever walked through. When you feel like God's put something on your heart and you hear SGA tell you no two times, that your organization's not needed. When you walk through that valley, man, it feels like it hurts. It feels like you're lonely. It feels like there's no one around you. It feels like, man, I, I, I think I'm talking, I think I'm hearing from God, but why is it coming to fruition? I'm glad that I had people in my life that were willing to encourage me no matter how hard it got. No matter how many times I felt like the end of the road was coming. Because the thing is, is that us as Christians, we're supposed to tell our stories. So the thing is, is that we can go out of here and, you know, we can cry a little bit as we kind of leave and we can talk about how good those times were. Me and John Steve were talking about, you know, in the office whenever Andy's like, I wish you knew you were in the good old days when you were in the good old days. The best part about this as Christians is that, man, the best days are always to come is that we haven't seen our best day yet and no we see it on this planet. Because the thing is, is that our bodies may wither away, but the Word of God is forever. So no matter what you're going through right now, I believe that something that has something that is so weighty, that it has eternal repercussions on it, I think that we'd be willing to share our stories. I can't wait to tell about each and every one of you college students. They're willing to come and listen to a dude from a little small Alabama town, man, God took my tail and put me in skinny jeans and gave me a microphone and said, hey, Chase, tell, tell them about your story. Tell them about all the stuff that God's done in your life. That's again, that's when I, when I saw, I was like, God, I can do that. Give me just an opportunity. And that's when I saw friends walk out of my life. God, like I thought I heard you right. Friends passed away. Friends go to jail. God, I thought I heard you right. This walk as a Christian, man, whenever you, become a, whenever you become a Christian that's willing to tell your story, willing to live out this life, willing to live out this call of the gospel. I remember the first Pursuit Revival, man, we talked about how, man, the devil sees you as the biggest threat. That's when you're going to see your life seem to just start crumbling apart. That's when it's going to see, like, man, I am in the valley. I'm trying to share my story. But for some reason, people are just judging me about it. We talked about God, use me. God, will you use me? Will you, will you allow me to tell your story? For some reason, people are just using me. People are just talking about me. They're, they're cutting their eyes at me because all of a sudden they actually know who I am. But the thing is, let, it, let them talk. Let them talk. Let them talk about the kid who was a sophomore trying to preach to seniors. Had no idea what I was doing. Never preached a sermon before. Let them talk. Because it's alright because it doesn't matter about what people say about me. I pray that my life 
this time at Troy, I know that I messed up. I wish that I could come up here and say that I took every opportunity to serve you guys with everything that I had. Man, there was times when I messed up. There was times when I got on this stage to preach stuff that, man, my heart wasn't in the right place. I was just preaching as a sinner, just pointing to where I got the bread. So no matter where you come from, no matter what your story is, man, I believe that God can take a sinner just like us and brush us off, no matter how dirty we are. And He can hold us up and say, you know what, you're washed white as new. You are clean. You are no longer that person you used to be. That person that you used to struggle with, that person that that thing you used to do, God can take a sinner just like you and save you, and then you can go around and tell your story. So I want to be like that psalmist. I want to say, man, put gray hair on my head. Please don't let me lose it like my father. Just put, make it gray. If you'll just do that, I can't wait to tell about these college kids, man, because I just want you to hold me up. And let me tell about all the good things God has done in my life. I pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you. But I can tell you one thing is that the work's not done yet. The work is not done yet. That university still needs Christians opening up the Bible and sharing their stories. So I got a question for you. And you don't even have to answer. I want you to answer in your heart between you and God. Are you going to be that Christian? that is willing to accept the call of God on your life, no matter how complicated it seems to be. Even as this guy lays out, he says, you know, I don't even know how they were late. But God, I know that you're working. So God, if you'll use a sinner just like me, God, I'm willing to tell my story. God, I'm willing to be available. I don't know if you've ever felt that freedom of following God with everything that you have and seeing people walk out seeing the people that said, live for Jesus, live for Jesus, just make an impact. And you start doing it and there's nobody there. That's because we rely on God alone. But I pray this place is to encourage you. So I'm going to wrap this up before I really just break down. Um, I just want to pray for us. I don't want any of this glory. I don't want any of the honor. I'd love for you to uh, sign that notebook that was so graciously given to me. And then as I got off the stage, take it from me so that other people can sign it. Um, I'd love for you to write something in it, but like I said, I don't, I don't want any of the glory, any of the honor. Because there was times that I sat in my dorm room really confused, crying, trying to understand what God was doing in my life. So I can tell you, it's nothing that I did. None of this stuff got bought with my money. It was people that saw a young dude that just tried to live for Jesus. So, like I said, I don't want any of that. My reward's going to be in heaven one day. If you don't have that peace in your heart, I'd love to talk with you about that tonight. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by rating and sharing this podcast.